You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. Hello everyone. Ah, man, I cannot I cannot cold open that. Can't say the word everyone very well. What what do we need to do to to make that easier? What, what, Maybe. what local? Oh, what? man, it's spreading! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, not the only one. What vocal warm-ups should we perform? How about any teleprompter? <laughs> hey there, folks! Welcome to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. I am your reader, Carmen. I'm Tyler. I didn't recognize the first line. Well, I can't say hello, everyone, very well. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> not not on the first take ever. <laughs> Gotta switch it up. I'm. I'm Gordy. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Gordy. I, I know what you're trying to say from context. <laughs> I used my context clues to get there. Um, <laughs> cool. How is everybody? It's Easter. Yeah, it's unusual. We've recorded on the wrong Do day it. twice this week. We're doing a weekend record, which is unusual for us, because uh, you're going somewhere. Yep. Right? Flying away. Flying, to the frozen flying north. away to the, to the icy... North in April. Yep. <laughs> Mid-April. I've heard that the ice is gone. That's why I'm going. <laughs> you waited until now yeah. to, to make your break up there? Right. I'd go <clears throat> to the north. I bet it's nice up there. Pleasant. I'd, I'd wait till July and then go up to the north. It's going to tip Cause, down here. Because it's going to be gross here in July. We're so on the precipice. We need... It's already... It's already starting. Guys, we need an escape hatch. Guys, we need this show to be extra good. This one? Yeah. Why this one? The Lord is watching today. <laughs> God is watching us. He came out today just to watch. So let's get to it. You know they what found do we do on in- this show? Uh, well, Carmen is going to read a uh, fairy tale to Tyler and I, one that we have never heard before. Hopefully one that you have never heard before either, because we are going to stay away from all the, the, the big ones that we think everybody kind of generally knows and we're going to pick a different one and then we're going to talk about all of the 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 plot holes and we're going to make them better we're going to turn a, an old gross dumb piece of folklore into a modern sleek smooth story give it the patented what the folklore spit shine <laughs> which means we're going to cast one of like one of like 10 actors <laughs> in this in this movie <clears throat> we that, should make a bingo card <laughs> for which actors show up which actor we name <laughs> um so what are, what are our story options because i think we get a fresh yeah you get a, a fresh group a of new three. slate i still have to go back and like hunt down old listener suggestions and and actually put those in here and then note new ones i am running dry on this well um so we have for your new three suggestions: the boy with the long hair from the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Um, we have a clever lass from Czechoslovakia. Mm-hmm. And can't do cottage in the sky. Make you too happy. Gonna skip over that one. I mean, there are only there are only so many stories on this list. We'll get there one day. Have we done the Princess Bella Floor yet? I don't think we've read it. Okay, just brought up. Let's add that to the stack. Okay. Um. Okay. Let's see. 
That one's from Spain, by the way. Princess Bellaflor. Mm-hmm. Clever, Clever lass. lass. And the boy with the long hair. Yeah. Didn't these jump out at you? Well, the first one just sounds like a kid who likes metal music. Yeah. It's like the... It's like somebody in Almost Famous. Uh, the second one might be a dinosaur. Clever lass. <laughs> it could be. You know, I, I was going to say that one is the least intriguing until you said that. <laughs> There's a little there bit is, of spin there. Because there is uh, Jurassic Park. There's the chance. Written, written by um, Mr. Science Fiction himself. Mm-hmm. Crichton. Crichton. Yes, whose name was Michael Crichton. <laughs> I lost it there for a second. He was um, Czechoslovakian, wasn't he? I think so. That's a. <laughs> and then you wrote The Witcher or something? Yeah. In that order. <laughs> he was Czechoslovakian, and then after he was finished with that, he wrote The Witcher. <laughs> he, yeah. he wrote Jurassic Park, and then he said, Well, now the world is covered in monsters. I need, uh, I need to invent a man who can kill them. <laughs> he, had to get, he had to get some of them out. Here's here's the Witcher franchise <laughs> by by me, Eastern European Michael Crichton. Um, so we're essentially going to read a Witcher prequel. Probably. If we choose this one. Like almost 100%. I'm going to say 90%. The other, the other titles are rapidly vanishing from my brain. Well, <laughs> I think we should steer clear of Bellaflor just because we are unsure if we have done it before. <laughs> I don't think so. And I don't, don't want to take the chance. I don't think chance. we have either. I don't remember doing it. I don't remember doing a lot of Spanish stories. Um, I mean, I'm I'm okay with Clever Lass, even though the line in the movie, I think, is Clever Girl. Yes, it is. But it's pretty close. It's close enough for me. Uh, is, is that what you want? That is my vote. Are we walking into a trap somehow? Almost certainly. Okay. Well, at least we know it's coming. <laughs> so we can we can search around for them. Tell me about... It gives us a bonus to perception. <laughs> Ugh. Tell me about Clever Lass, the story from Czechoslovakia. Um, this one was collected by Joseph Kubin. There, it's a version of the um, Clever Peasant Girl. There have been 12 Czech versions of the story recorded, and Grimm also has its own version of it. Uh, one, one such story is Clever Manka, and I can't go into the differences there because we haven't heard the story yet. Apparently Molly Whoopi didn't qualify though. No. As a what? She was not a as a clever peasant girl. Not in this way. Molly Whoopi is a a proto knife girl. (laughs) You can you can decide whether this girl belongs in the Church of the Knife or not. We will find out. It's the name of my my upcoming two D hack and slash side side scrolling adventure. And this one is from Fairy Tales of Eastern Europe, selected and retold by Neil Phillip. Neil Phillip, the Michael Crichton of his generation, as as many would call him. Yes, so many. Hordes, even. You ready? Yeah, okay. yeah, I am. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go now then. <laughs> okay, let's do it. I thought you were going to catch us off guard, but you're not. Once there was a shepherd who would pasture his sheep on a hill, and one day he saw something glittering on the opposite hill, so he went to check it out, and he found over there a golden mortar. Mortar. A mortar. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, are you talking about the uh, the explosive? The weapon of war. I'm talking about the other half of mortar and pestle. Mm-hmm. Is that the choppy or the grindy part? Yeah. I think so. Mortar's the grindy part? So it's a golden stick. Never actually look, looked up. <laughs> I mean, why would you need one and not the other? Well, maybe you dropped it because it's a stick. 
in this situation. It's just an accident. The mortar is the bowl. Oh, so we found a golden bowl. That's fine. Just say bowl. This is specifically a mortar. It has drug residue in it. This is a good uh, writing lesson for everybody out there. If there's there's a more direct word for what you want to do, just use that one. (laughs) I think mortar would be the more direct word. Nah, it's a bowl. Because it's... This is a specific type of bowl. Mm. Does it have drug residue in it? Yes. Some dank weed. (laughs) This is the wire. (laughs) So he grabbed the mortar and told his daughter that he was going to go give it to their king. But she said, no, wait, he's sure to ask for the pestle and you don't have it. And so you'll get in trouble with him. Clever girl. She knows that this king does not accept half of a gift. Mm Mm-hmm. So the shepherd thought that was some silly bullshit that she just spun him, and he went to the king anyway with just the mortar. The king answered roughly, If you give me the mortar, I must have the pestle as well. Unless the pestle is here within three days, your life is forfeit. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is a very great case of glass half full, glass half empty kind of mentality. This king could have gone either way with it, and he chose to immediately focus on the part he did not have. Right, he had he had no components. Yeah, he and he, but he is he is immediately gone to feeling, uh, feeling like he has lost something rather than gained something, and that he has been wronged in the process. Yeah, <laughs> to the point that death is the only cleansing fire that can right this wrong. And this is the fairy tale world. <laughs> This is this is pretty routine. I think <laughs> yeah. I think we should take take a moment to point out things like this cuz I think by now we kind of just accept them sometimes without thinking about it. They're like, right. "Oh yeah, like this sure, is of course. this is a fairy tale." But like this is not normal human behavior. Right. The three of us is, have become jaded by by but for you, behavior. You should know that this is not not an ordinary way to treat somebody. And even for kings, this is a little severe. You think so? Like, kings have a tendency to want something that they've heard about or have been made aware of its existence in some way. (laughs) To feel entitled. Right. And that's what's happening here. And a lot of kings do order the death of people if they are not immediately satisfied with this. Um, I don't know if we've, we've encountered a king yet getting a gift out of nowhere and threatening the life of someone if they didn't give him more stuff it wasn't a complete set right like hey i found this this rare chess set and he's like where's the board (laughs) off with your head and and the the mortar is the most useful part you can put other stuff in there you can put your king rings you could use anything else as the pestle you could you could perhaps make a golden pestle to go with it or commission one as a king you're not gonna make it yourself as a king well yes but as a king this is within your power Surely. You probably have some pestles lying around. Some of them are made of diamonds, I am sure. <laughs> some of them are better material than gold. Yeah, gold is a terrible material for a mortar. Cause I was going to say, it's, it's pretty like malleable. Squish it around a bit. Diamond would be good. Use it to hold your keys. Gold? Put candy in it. A gold mortar is perfect for like a little drop spot for your keys and spare change. Yeah. Right by your, your king C- door. Create an entryway. In your home. Use a long rug to emphasize that it is a different spot in the home. Before, Sorry. Sorry. Old old blogging. <laughs> Just tile rugs. Old blogging instincts kicked in there. Okay. Mm. So 
The shepherd realized that his daughter had been correct and says, it serves me right yep. for not listening to my daughter. Well, I mean... It serves the king right. On the... Because <laughs> it it's his fault. Someone's being served, right? <laughs> it's the king's fault. Let's be clear about this. Yeah. Served just right. Just like it. This uh, whatever famous restaurant wants to sponsor us next week. Look how smooth we can put those advertisements in. Does one? Is there one? No. Not yet. But maybe they'll listen to this and be mm. like, you know, we can, you know, IHOP could have been like, oh man, that would have been a great reference for how people get served pancakes just right in places. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm tired. Okay. <laughs> so, um, the king, I guess the shepherd says this out loud in front of the king because mm-hmm. the king says, wait a second, do you really have such a clever daughter? <laughs> Hold on now. I'm a reasonable man. Let's work something out. I'll, I'll trade, gladly trade you, what, a, the promise of a golden pestle for your actual human daughter? He, yeah, he's been made aware that something else exists that he doesn't have. And not only that, but this woman knows him as no other woman knows him. <laughs> she, she gets him. Yeah, she predicted his move. How tantalizing. Swipe right. <laughs> Um, so the shepherd says, yeah, she's pretty clever. And the king says, well, go tell her that I will marry her if she comes to me neither walking nor riding, neither clothed nor unclothed, neither by day nor night, noon nor morning. Also, I won't ask for the pestle if this is managed. How long ago did he think of that fucking riddle? <laughs> <laughs> He's just been sitting on it, <laughs> waiting to, to uh, bump it out to somebody. He wants only the cleverest. <clears throat> only the cleverest. Also, this is a quick reminder, we're not bleeping those anymore <laughs> unless it's really funny. <laughs> unless it's a good, good joke to have a, a loud beep. Right in the middle. We're not doing that anymore. Unless it's accentuated. Okay, so the shepherd went home to tell his daughter how she can save his life and also marry a king. And his daughter's not even a little frightened at the demands laid before her is she interested though <laughs> that yeah that is not the emotion I, my, that i was my first, initially my first question was in. like is she into it and then maybe is she scared yeah i wonder if, if she's been thinking about this for as long as the king has been thinking about the tests he would put his future <laughs> bride through like, if she's been studying all of the celebrity magazines with interviews with this king learning his ways anticipating his every move and she knew this was going to come she's just she's got like one wall of their house it's just like a giant diagram of all the branches this could take right you're saying that no matter what this king does she is always a step ahead well if he to the point that she knew that this riddle would come to her someday it's possible if he came up with it a while ago he could he didn't want to just sit on that and during an interview with us weekly he'd (laughs) He just like tossed that out. Or she's got an inside ear or in that. the court and somebody overheard it. She's done her research though. So the next day she came to the king with the fall of dusk. She would dress herself in fishing nets and she was on a goat partly riding it and partly walking. It's a good look. <laughs> partly <laughs> partly riding and partly walking. What? I guess she's got like one leg slung across its back is that, and is hobbling she, along next to it. She has a single goat rollerblade. 
died to oh, her I was thinking it's like um, that's like when you're when you're on a bike but you don't want to pedal and you just kind of like walk on the bike. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're sitting on it and you're just like pushing it forward with your legs. Is that what she's doing so she's, on the goat? She's dragging yeah, a basically. goat between her legs. Basically, yes. So, so Covered quick, in fishnets. We can either sidebar this now or we can talk about this in the discussion, but like how would you have solved that problem? What problem? Yeah, what is what is the specifications again? Uh, come to me neither walking nor riding, mm-hmm. neither clothed nor unclothed, neither by day nor night. Noon nor morning. Um, oh, yeah, let's do this now before we know the answers. <laughs> Neither walking nor riding. Hang gliding. <laughs> I think is I think is maybe the the easiest choice. Yep, zip lining could also work. Zip zip line right in there. Uh, stilt horse. Stilt horse. Yeah. What do you mean? Like you are on you yourself are on four stilts. And walking like a horse walks. You can also be dragged along behind a horse. Yeah, you could, or you could just kind of swim through the dirt. <laughs> yeah, what if she just did like a snake slither? Would sitting in a carriage count as riding? Yes. I think that counts as riding. Okay. It's too similar. Okay. Riding in a carriage. She could somersault her way in. She could roll, just roll on the ground. She could just jog. Trebuchet. Jog her way yeah, in. Yeah, run. I feel like... There are a lot of better options than being half on a goat. Halo jump. Bunny hop. <laughs> Just parachute in there. Lindy hop. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much of a stickler this king is, but it does seem like she's going to extra lengths. Now, clothed or unclothed is a little trickier. Duct tape. Like I mean, the fishnets work. Like... You're covered. That. You're covered, but not with clothes. Right. Yeah, that seems fine. I would just go with the. Is it Lilu from Fifth Element? Is that correct? Lilu, Lilu Dallas. Yeah. Multipass. Multipass. Yes, I would just go with the the multipass fashion pack, <laughs> where I just tape the multipass fashion pack. <laughs> you just gotta strap everything down, yeah. all the important stuff in place, and go in and like toilet paper rolls. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it, it works for like a good 15% of Dragon Con. <laughs> yeah, it works if you're Mila Jovovich. Or however you say her name. Uh, what if what if she just wore a bunch of live animals? <laughs> just like drape ferrets around you? Right, but they're they're they are kicking. They are alive. They're they are scratching your skin. They are not furs. <laughs> I mean they are furs. <laughs> well, they are furred. Yeah. Um I, I kind of like that idea. If she's just clothed, like she's just got one big snake yeah. coiled around her. Or a bunch of ducks. <laughs> a, bunch, a bunch of ducks netted together. <laughs> what if she was like, like a hula hoop of ducks? Okay, so what if she made the duck net clothing and then she had the ducks walk their way into the, the thing? Would that <laughs> count as riding? And drag her? <laughs> yeah. I don't that's, think that counts. That's two birds with one stone, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Dusk is probably the only proper time. Or twilight. I was going to say, like you get you get the transition from day to night. Because yeah. you can't do morning. You can't do noon. I think dawn counts as morning, so you're Right. You're stuck uh, yeah, with you dusk. can't do dawn, so you get the other one. It's just process of elimination. <laughs> it's really not that clever. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I think our solutions are all way better than than this bullshit. But the king sees that she's loopholed his weird challenge and sort kind of kind of did it. Kind of a good way. <laughs> and was attractive doing it. He has a real half riding goat fetish. Um <laughs> uh, so he know knows that she's bound to marry him, but he tells her that the conditions of wifehood are that she can't give advice to anybody, and if she does, marriage done. She's got to leave him. Excuse me? So she's loopholed his challenge. He knows mm-hmm. he's going to be marrying this one, but he says, mm-hmm. like, prenup agreement, you cannot give advice to anybody, and if you do, you have to leave me. I can't give advice to anybody? Yeah. She's too clever. Your, She's dangerous. Your column is through. Advice for what? <laughs> well, she advised her father. I mean, just like in general, like yeah. you can't? Yeah, he's seen that she's smart enough to maybe cause some policy problems down the line. So really his game was like he is not interested in marrying the cleverest woman. He just wanted to find her and like shackle her. Yes, this silence is an, that. an information control campaign. This is propaganda it was a very long play okay so they got married marriage is going well she doesn't give advice to anybody until one day there was a market in town and a farmer's mayor had a foal at the market like just birthed it right in the middle of the market the foal ran to another farmer who was there with a gelding and that farmer said mine <laughs> it chose me czechoslovakia runs on the dib system <laughs> So they went to court about this, and they had to argue their cases in front of the king, who decided that every animal ought to run to his mother, and therefore the gold gelding had had the foal. Yep. Okay. Yeah, why not? Justice is served. The king has the same logic that most of our senators do. <laughs> Meaning? Also the same level of understanding of, like, human... How are we going to use solar power when the sun goes out? And and birth and things. <laughs> yeah, basically. The sun goes She's away got, every day. doesn't she, tell us where it's like, going. You can't turn lights on at night if the sun's gone. She couldn't get pregnant. My body has ways of shutting that down. <laughs> Legitimate rape. Yep. Yeah. That, like, that's, that's basically oh the same level of intelligence he is displaying here and understanding of childbirth. Yeah. Thank you, John Lewis, for not being an idiot. So the farmer was extremely frustrated. The one who owned the mare went down the stairs repeating, and I'm assuming like throwing his hands up in the air, the gelding has fold. The gelding has fold. <laughs> it's a good burn. Sounds like, and, a, sounds like a code. And while he's griping about the king's idiotic decision mm-hmm. uh he runs into the queen who says that's this you're speaking nonsense wait 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 excuse me the queen yeah the clever queen oh did they actually get yeah, married yeah they got married oh okay the, the marriage has gone fine until this moment okay when, when she's about to give advice right because maybe on some level she realizes what a horribly unclever man she shackled herself to. To this man who is ostensibly just angry tweeting <laughs> about the outcome of this trial. Yeah. So the farmer tells her the whole story, and because the king had declared it, he thought, well, there could be no mistake, and anyway, there's nothing that we can do now. King's word is law over man and nature. Yep. As it should be. The queen advises him that tomorrow, while the king is 
gone out for a stroll, take a fishing net, and begin fishing on the road in front of him. The king will be very confused and ask what the hell you're doing, and you should explain that fishing on a dry road is as hopeful as expecting a gelding to give birth to a foal. That'll get him. Also, don't tell anyone I gave you this advice. It could be bad for me. You just have to run like like a like a black market <laughs> advice ring now. <clears throat> she knows she knows how her husband works. She just needs to ghostwrite an article. Like just use a pseudonym. Yeah, get a whole other alternate In their local identity. paper. Yeah. And write an opinion column every day. Maybe she is doing that and that's how she occupies her time secretly. She is more clever than he is, so I'm sure she can manage to give advice. Yeah, it shouldn't be hard to, to circumvent him. <laughs> so the farmer takes her advice, and the king encounters him, and the whole exchange takes place. And then the king begins berating the farmer, says, You never got this idea out of your own head. And he kept, like, bothering him about it threatening, wheedling, etc., until the farmer finally said, that, Fine, I didn't. It was your wife. Who paid you to protest? <laughs> uh, okay. So the king comes home, calls the queen to him, and tells her that they may have had a pretty long marriage so far. And, you know, it's been fine. But now she's given some advice, and she needs to be out of the castle by tomorrow. Yeah, he's sticking to his guns. But you can take with you the one thing you like best. That's the prenup. Yes. This uh, We might need to save this for discussion. Uh-huh. I don't know where the story is going to go from here. Yeah. But I'm very confused about the king's motives <laughs> for anything. For getting her out? For getting her in and then getting her out. Why any of it? Uh-huh. As the question so often is on this show. <laughs> Why, is Why did any, any of, this... of that just happen? Yeah. Anyway, continue. All right, so she doesn't bother putting up an argument with him. Um, the king prepares a great banquet to say goodbye to her. And after the banquet, she tells him that before they, car- they part, she- he must drink a glass of wine to her health. And then she puts some opium into it secretly. <laughs> There's always that. I don't know if that's a clever solution, but I guess it works. Imagine if that raptor did that. Desperate time. <laughs> Desperate yeah, time. The, the Jurassic Park movie was missing a lot of raptor opiates <laughs> that could have brought it to the next level. All right, so he drinks the wine and falls asleep at once. A carriage is prepared for her departure, and she puts the king in it and drove to her father's old hut. And then she like rolls the king out of the carriage and sets him in some straw. <laughs> she what? She rolls the king out of the carriage and sets him in some straw. Here you go, baby. You sleep here. Uh-huh. And the king wakes up and is very confused. and like, where the hell am I? And she says, well, you told me I could take the thing I liked best with me. Oh. <laughs> so the king saw how clever she was, really, and said, well, now you can advise whoever you like. And they drove back home and things were normal and good. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I think your question remains <laughs> a valid one. Uh, okay. <clears throat> you guys want to get into the face meat of this story? I think we have to. Because I can't let this go. She was very clever. She was clever. Well, 
She was clever in regards to how this one particular man functioned. Because she, did she ever give advice that was not related to manipulating this one or man. anticipating the actions of this one man? I mean, sometimes that's all you need. No. Because when it, when it came to the end part where she had to get herself out of trouble, she went straight for drugs. Yep. I am wondering why this why this stuff happened. Can we yeah, can we break down break down the events and what his motivations behind them were? The events from the perspective of the king? Yeah. I mean, okay. peasant man shows up with a gold bowl mm-hmm. that has missing a pestle. Yeah. Fuck that guy. I need both. I need the pestle. This is worthless to me without it. And Your then life is worthless. He then he finds an opportunity to trade up yeah. to a wife. Yeah. Well, he hears he hears about a woman who is clever enough to have anticipated his desire for both. Yeah. And the danger in not providing it. Yeah. Decides he can get a wife out of it. So does he? Does he command that she show up? Is that what no, happens? He, he no, gives he... the riddle, and then the farmer takes it back and says, like, hey, this is what happened. What is the punishment for not doing the riddle? Um, the farmer still has to provide the pestle or be put to death. So, like, the farmer has two options. He can present his daughter under these conditions, or he can find that pestle. Right. So she does this to save her father. Right. And the king decides to keep her. Yes. Around. But she can't give advice to anyone. And if she does, she has to leave. Yes. Why did he want her there? I mean, is it as simple as just, I want a wife who's clever and can help me run this kingdom? But only clever for me. Only clever for me. Like, I need the clever one on my side because running a kingdom is very hard. Because she does make him look bad. She does, and so he decides I'd better just I'd better just bring this into the family. Does she make him look bad? I mean, he likes he makes himself look <laughs> bad, but she exposes it. Yeah, she reinforces the quiet thoughts of the people of around the her. populace. Right, because you know he's a king, so he has the power to gaslight a nation. Because he he can, he can say things <laughs> like, "Well, obviously the foal goes to its mom," so this neutered male horse is, <laughs> is certainly is definitely the mother then and then people will be like that doesn't make any sense is a like, shut up i'm king mm-hmm. and they go i guess that's true then everything's true mm-hmm. my life is forfeit if i don't say that it's true mm-hmm. but if he has this really smart lady with him then maybe she can think of a better way to do that but she doesn't well the really smart lady can go tell them how to how to find their way around his, his ridiculous ruling. Right. I mean that's what that's what she does. Maybe his hope is that she can <laughs> she'll, she can she'll help be him a team player. Right. Yeah. Like, in the in this scheme. His but hope she for isn't. himself is that, but the reason she's not allowed to give advice is yeah. that he, he yeah. knows she's cleverer than he is and will be able to find ways to circumvent his rule. Right. So back to my question being that her her punishment for, for giving advice is to leave. Yeah. Yeah. But he 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 knew that would happen or he assumed it would happen. What would happen? That she would give advice to somebody else. No, he didn't I didn't know or assume. It's just That's that like is, that is the punishment. Right. It's like you say if you cheat on me, I'll cut you. 
You're not necessarily like predicting the future. You're just laying your terms out. Isn't the hope that you get to cut that person though? Is it? Because that I don't think that, so. That puts a dark like view on your psychology, Tyler. I think more than anything. Well, I've I've never I said that to another human being. I don't, well, I don't like, think if, he's don't, setting her up to fail. Isn't without, it a self-fulfilling prophecy? Without no. without further evidence, it's, I don't believe he's setting her up it, to fail. He's he's. Setting his expectations for the relationship, which is that you will not give advice. Okay. And then he is giving his terms. Like, if you <clears throat> do, basically, we're, we're done. Why does he not just kill her to start with? Why, in the end, does a second wrong make a right in his mind? She doesn't second wrong. She doesn't give advice the second time. But she does. But she outsmarts She him does again. trick him. Right. Maybe at that point he just decides, like, okay, you got me good. There's, no, there's nothing I can do to you. She is too Sweet. dangerous to leave out in the world. Sweet pranks. I need you on my side again. He just, he feels, he feels that he has been so outmaneuvered that he has no choice but to surrender. Again, forgetting that maybe he could just put her to death. Maybe, maybe he doesn't have any qualms about killing random peasants who bring him presents. But he does have some qualms about putting a lady to death. Some, Maybe some old school chivalry. He would be out the under. first king that had that, I think. True. That we have read about. So I'm not inclined to lean in that direction, but it's possible. If he thinks she's going to be a problem, I think there are better ways of dealing with her than marrying her and then saying, You're not allowed to do this anymore, woman who is smarter than me. <laughs> Like I I forbid it. Don't do it anymore. Maybe he has been advised that if she is that clever, if he escalates the the terms, it might end poorly for him. She's got some kind of doomsday device that trips in case of her death. Or she <laughs> or she'd be able to clever herself out of death and maybe put him or someone he cared about to death in her place. Maybe because. She maneuvers her way out of exile by exiling him with her. Right. So she could she could take him with her, essentially. Wherever she's going, he's coming to. And on some level, he has to understand that. In that moment, as he <laughs> lie in the straw, looking up at her, he realized that she was not with him. He was with her. Right. Not only is she smarter than me, she is a deft hand with some opiates. <laughs> Because she sleight of handed her way to drug, like, roofing a king, essentially. Sure, yeah. So, you know, poison is the the woman murderer's weapon of choice a lot of times. What is the perceived moral? Be clever. <laughs> clever is good. Don't threaten clever. It ends poorly for you. Yeah, like, if, if you don't got game, don't step. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, this could be... And game can be either a pestle or brains. Yeah, this is being told by a beleaguered mother to her children, maybe. <laughs> like, do not, do not step to me. This is what will happen to you. Uh, I, I could have gone for more escalation. <laughs> like, this king gave up very easily. And I, I would have, I think it would have been a lot more interesting to see him try to stick it out yes. and like like engage in some kind of battle of wills or wits for his personal benefit he he chose the correct course of action 
for the he benefit did. of the story, it would have been interesting to see them have a battle of wits. To try to get back into the kingdom. Right, because this, this technically fulfilled the rule of threes if you consider her first piece of advice to her father as being the first instance of her cleverness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the the goat riding as the second one, and yep. then this whole thing as the third. Or, mm-hmm. I guess, goat riding, uh, horse advice, king kidnapping could be a rule of threes. But it still felt like it was lacking like one more escalation. Yeah, I I think so. I think it's because you have you have two cases of advice, right? And one case of drugging, kidnapping, and two cases of advice, and two two cases cases of, of problem solving. Yeah, cleverness. Yeah, loop, and so and so, there's like there's just a missing one out there. So yeah, if if the, he the bridges the two, yeah, if right. he I don't know what he could have done to try to get back into his kingdom. <laughs> and I know without I'm, her. I know in art composition, you want to avoid even numbers as much as possible Mm because it feels awkward. Like the symmetrical. Yeah. It feels unnatural, and I wonder if that's applying here, too. Film film composition is the same, unless you were doing it very intentionally. Right. Unless you're Wes Anderson, (laughs) chill out. I was going to say Stanley Kubrick. Or that. They both do symmetry pretty well. They do. Um, So maybe, maybe that's... The story's too symmetrical, and that's also why it feels a little flat, too, because an, an art composition having too much symmetry makes it just boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need I need one more. What? How could he have gotten out of this, though? Like, he is he stuck in exile? I guess anything, like, can he just make a run for it? It would have to be that, right? Or a call for help it somehow? Have, it would have to be a race back to the kingdom. I, yeah, I, though I, I feel like that is also kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> like maybe, maybe he is bound to this. Like he yeah. is, he's, he has said, "You can take one thing with you." He honors that. And he, he has decided, "I'm going to honor what I said, even if it makes it harder for me." How do I get out of this? Because he, he has been a king of his word mm-hmm. throughout he, the story. That he has. That he has. I don't know how he gets out of it. I don't know how many options he has open to him. He basically becomes the kept husband of a shepherd girl. Yeah. If he stays. By accident. Right. And he hopes that somebody recognizes them at the next town. So I guess we need to identify what point of power he would still have in this situation and how he could utilize that in his brutish sort of way to try and take control back and then how she could turn that back around on him he is still king he is still king (laughs) like he has legal legal authority and i guess all the power that goes with it but i don't know how far out they got i mean i guess here we would need an external force coming in probably i think i think at the next town he has to make some kind of bet with her that I, I'm not sure what exactly, but like if, if, but somebody has to interfere. Like he has to rely on his his visibility or recognizable recognizability as the king to get out of this. Oh, what if his guards? Like if she slipped the opium to him when there weren't people around to stop her? Because also, I feel like she shouldn't have been able to get away with that if if he had a guard with him. Where yeah, like first. <laughs> First rule of order when they get back, 
he is hiring a royal tester. Yeah. And maybe replacing some guards. Okay, so so his his royal guard is not aware of the whole situation. He and his wife were having a private dinner, um, and then suddenly they were both gone. Mm-hmm. And so they've been scouring the land. They find the two of them, bring them both back to the palace, because they don't necessarily know what's going on here. And she maybe has him a little scared now, because she's proven how easily she could poison him. So... They now live in a very strained, testy situation in the palace where she has, the balance of power has shifted in her favor and he's trying to get it back. Now he has the like legal authority, but she's created a mental uh, barrier between them where she's... Yeah, she has control. Right. So he's, I don't know, he's going like Macbeth nuts. <laughs> Quietly in the background. It's my favorite cereal. <laughs> Macbeth nuts. Um, and then maybe he finally snaps and finds a reason or excuse, no matter how flimsy, because they can be flimsy in, yeah. in folktale land, but she violates some clause somewhere that he is introduced, and so he has her put to death, but then she figures out a way to turn that around on him and then she rules the kingdom all by herself. <laughs> I think that's the way to like push this into a story <clears throat> worth reading. Escalation. That would escalate. <laughs> You're correct about that. I was going to say she uh, she is committed to the exile. She is trying to get him beyond the borders of his kingdom where he will no longer have legal authority and he has to come up with a plan to turn it around like at whatever stops they make along the way. He has a limited amount of time to think of something. There are only, like, rule of threes. There are three towns left. He's got three last chances to do something at one of these towns before they are they are off the grid beyond his authority. And, just, he's, and he's just a husband slave. Yeah, but I don't see her being able to have too much power outside of the kingdom either. Because she doesn't, she doesn't have money. She's right? clever. She's clever. She can work some situations to her advantage. She worked her way from peasant, like peasant girl to queen in a day. Right, but I don't think she would let herself go back to nomadic peasant girl <laughs> in foreign land and then work her way back up from there when she could just manipulate herself into soul ownership of the kingdom she's unless, already established. Unless in. somebody saw it happen. Unless, Unless somebody knows what went down. Well, she's probably cleverer than them, too. Probably. That's what makes her dangerous. And then <laughs> and then the title, A Clever Lass, has, by the end of the film, a much darker connotation. A more ominous sound to it. Just in the context of her, her deeds? Yeah. Her use of the cleverness to, to drive this man to Macbeth levels of insanity and then kill him. <laughs> and then she finds a pestle at the end. It's made of silver. <laughs> and she finds it, but she keeps it. Because she doesn't have to give it to him. Right. And she takes well, the... because he's dead, but... And she takes the mortar. Or she reveals she had the pestle the whole time. <laughs> she, she just pulls she, her she always, out. <laughs> that'd be good. She pestle. always had the pestle. So, yeah, the she last... She engineered everything. The last shot of the movie, she's putting on the big person crown. Like, not, yeah. the, not the consort crown, <laughs> but, like, the ruler crown. 
And she goes into her chamber and she like opens a drawer. She pulls out a pestle and puts it on the mortar. <laughs> and then she like makes eye contact with the camera and smiles and then For cuts the second. credits. And her limp straightens out <laughs> as, she, as she's walking away. Yes. She pulls her wig off and it's Kevin Spacey. <laughs> and she is Kevin Spacey. And he's a cat? We still do. Wanna, I want to watch that movie. We do need to. We do need to find cast. We need a king and queen at least. Kevin Spacey, queen for the queen. Yeah, I think that would work. We get the same makeup crew in charge of Cloud Atlas to do just Kevin Spacey. And then who's the king? Who is Kevin Spacey smarter than? <laughs> um, a lot of people. Yeah, probably a fair amount. Kevin but... Spacey seems like a bright individual. Do we want to, like, gender-bend the whole thing? Have Melissa. a female lead, but dressed up as a man. Melissa McCarthy. As king? Yeah. yeah. As in the Spicer <laughs> that's costume. What I, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Melissa as McCarthy a la Sean Spicer. In, in, <laughs> being, paired with Kevin Spacey. Being outsmarted by Kevin Spacey in drag. That's That's got to be a future for a film, right? Where, like, gender really doesn't matter for casting at all. That's the dream. Maybe. Like you, you can you can play whatever gender. As long as it's interesting. Yeah. As long as you can pull it off then and Melissa McCarthy can, and I bet Kevin Spacey could. I haven't seen him in drag, but I have high hopes for anything he yeah, does. Sure. It it has happened long enough in plays that I'm not sure why we don't just do it. That's true. Like nobody cares. <laughs> Well, as long as it's interesting, right? Well, as some, long as it's well played, some people care, but I generally disregard what yeah, those I, people think. But I don't care what they think about uh, film and art necessarily, so or just whatever. Yeah, I think that's fine. All right, that's, there you go, neat little bow on it. And then anyone else we can just fill with like whatever actors. We there pull isn't off really the anybody else. There's there's her dad. Who cares? There's like a shot, John Goodman, with a trial. <laughs> John Goodman. John Goodman. Done. Kevin Spacey and Drag's Wrapped dad. Wrapped it up. Wrapped it up. Nice little bow. See see where we started and see where we ended? <laughs> I would watch this movie. <clears throat> Someone call up Kevin Spacey. See what he's doing. He did a talking cat. Like This, had, this is a step up. He's got some stuff going on. There you go. <laughs> you had your story. <laughs> now go to bed. Leave us, leave us alone for another week. It's two in one week for us. We're done. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening their way through this. If you know Kevin Spacey, give him a call for us. Um, thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your support. It's really helping us out with sound equipment and and things like that. Uh, thank you, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Thank you, Doug. We are what the folklore. That's how it works. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have any feedback for us, you can leave it either by Gmail or Facebook. Our Gmail account is wtfolklore at gmail.com, and our Facebook page can be found at facebook.com 
slash WT Folklore. Feel free to send in stories if you have any particularly odd pieces of folklore or mythology that you would like to hear us talk about. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales.